That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, here we go. Ever wonder why traditional button-up shirts look so long and baggy? Well, that's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. This is the one you've been looking for. Untucked is the original untucked shirt. No tucking, no tailoring needed. Buying shirts used to make me crazy because of my tallness and my long monkey arms. Untucked has changed everything. I'm so relieved. Their shirts fit because they make one for every kind of guy. Tall like me, short, slim, fitness guys, and so on. They even offer free shipping and free returns on all U.S. orders. And right now, you can get 20% off your first purchase at untuckit.com with the promo code BOBC. Again, untuckit.com, promo code BOBC. Don't put this off. Go now to untuckit.com or visit one of the 50 Untuckit stores in the U.S. and Canada and try one for yourself. If you want the perfect fitting shirt, no matter your size or shape, try the original Untuck shirt, untuckit.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. The White House, Washington, October 9th, 2019. Whoa, Jinx! His Excellency, Recep Tayyip Edrigun. President of the Republic of Turkey, Anakin. Dear Mr. President, let's work out a good deal. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy. And I will. I've already given you a little sample with respect to Pastor Brunson. I have worked hard to solve some of your problems. Don't let the world down. You can make a great deal. General Mzulum is willing to negotiate with you, and he is willing to make concessions that they would never have made in the past. I am confidentially conclosing a copy of his letter to me, just received. History will look upon you favorably if you get this done the right and humane way. It will look upon you forever as the devil if good things don't happen. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. I'll call you later. <laughs> Sincerely, Donald Dumblecombe. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. Uh, the great Tony Atamanik from the President Show right there. 
God, so goddamn funny. God damn it. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Rocktober 17, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 1001 of the Trump crisis. Day 23 of the impeachment of Donald Trump. 383 days until the 2020 presidential election. And... Oh, yeah. Goth ninjas assemble. It is T-Rex David Ferguson from the T-Rex Report podcast. Patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Also, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast. From dash bunkercom Also at sexyliberal.com. Oh, my God. Goth ninjas. Uh, I'm Eric. (laughs) God, that letter. That letter... Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, if there's any doubt that Donald Trump uh, doesn't write his letters himself, I think that puts that whole controversy to rest. Yeah. He totally wrote that one. I mean, oh yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I had to check sources like 15 times before posting, and I'm like, this can't be yeah. real. Yeah, I, I didn't believe it was real at first either. I thought this is some joke. Yeah, it's but... like a parody or so, like there's something from The Onion yeah. or something like that. Someone yeah. was having no some baby. fun with some Photoshop. Yeah, and this fucking timeline, it's all real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's completely in keeping with how Donald Trump behaves. He sat there and dictated that whole damn thing. Mm -hmm. Usually, and we don't need to go into extensive analysis of the letter other than to say, these things are extremely delicate. There could be any number of things in that letter that are culturally horrendous. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. why the State Department gets involved when letters are written like this. That's why uh, uh, diplomats and and National Security Council, everyone has, uh, you know, some input into things like this, mainly because if you fire off a nasty letter to uh, whether they're friendly or enemies or frenemies Mm -hmm. or whatever, you could actually precipitate a major war because of that, first of all. Yes. Because, I mean, you don't know. You don't know whether or not what you're saying, some word usage gets translated the way it's supposed to be translated, and then suddenly you're stepping on cultural toes, you're pissing people off, and you're you're doing things that could, I mean, literally take us down that road, where suddenly mm-hmm. Erdogan goes, oh, this word doesn't mean what I think Donald Trump meant it to mean, so let's just uh, let's make this all worse for him and everyone who's around him. Well, it's crazy because I mean, it's our own forces are now in are in insane amounts of danger, and our own nuclear arsenal there yes. is having to be just sort of like, well, let's lock the door and hope nobody busts in. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're uh, currently holding our uh, nuclear weapons hostage, basically. Uh, Donald Trump also exposed the fact that they're there. We've never confirmed that we actually had nuclear weapons in Turkey. And Donald Mm -hmm. Trump went ahead and just tweeted it, I think it was. He either mentioned Mm -hmm. it out loud during his meltdowns, his various meltdowns yesterday, Mm -hmm. or he tweeted it. I don't remember exactly which, but he confirmed the existence of those 50 nuclear weapons. The withdrawal of American troops from northern Syria creating a power vacuum that's allowed Turkey Mm -hmm. and Russia to move into the region and displace Washington's Kurdish allies. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said all roads lead to Putin to his face yesterday. Yes, yes. and Well, I mean, that whole thing he had with everybody in the White House... he was insulting them to their faces, and then and then the mm-hmm. whole like sand got a lot of sand over there. Like, yeah, just, what was that? Yeah, I mean, just the man is so clearly unglued at this point. Yeah, well, yes. well, we actually have that clip, the sand clip. 
Here, here's Donald okay. Trump talking about how Syria has sand and now Russia can play in the sand. Syria may have some help with Russia, <laughs> and that's fine. It's a lot of sand. They've got a lot of sand over there, so there's a lot of sand that they can play with. Tiny, tiny Trump. Once again, that makes so much more sense from a five-year-old's perspective. It does. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they've got a giant sandbox. What's the problem? Yeah, he doesn't like spend all day outside. The teacher won't make him bang erasers. I don't understand. That's they a, can make sand castles. They can, you know, have pails of sand, and you know, they can do all that by themselves. It's just, oh, I'm so glad you're using that voice for him now. Everyone loves Tiny Trump. Uh, but I mean, what he said there is, you know, again, reflective of the most cursory understanding of the Middle East. Oh, yeah, the Middle East. There's lots of sand there and it's very, very hot. Hey, that's amazing. That's not even a cursory understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's like like that's like pre-K. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. It, it's like how you start. Yeah. To explain to four-year-olds that there is a place called the Middle East, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, and then uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm sort of overwhelmed with it all today. I just yeah. want to just go out and start randomly busting heads. Yeah. Um, well, so I completely beat Bretton already. Yeah, exactly. And we've got a busting head story during the postmortem show. A T Rex mm-hmm. throwing down behind his house with one of his obstinate neighbors. So stand by for that. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska show if it you want to subscribe. He's the closest I've been into in a fist to being in a fist fight since probably junior high school. <laughs> you almost got into a fight with the hillbilly who lives next door to you. Um, the rich hillbilly. Yeah, well, whatever. Which is a huge part of his problem. Yeah, well, there's a rich hillbilly in the White House right now, too. So, mm-hmm. um, Meanwhile... And that's what I was thinking, though. As you know, I was like, man, as I walked away from that, like the whole reason that happened mm-hmm. is because of uh, Ukraine. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, because that guy's a... T- I mean, you can look at the, like, burst veins in the end of his nose and the <laughs> sagging, jiggly pouch of flesh under his jawline and tell he's a Trumper. Oh, um, man. I, I just... I don't even... I, I have no idea what it has to be like for you to be living in Georgia, of all places. Yeah. I mean, my God. It is not normally... I mean, this is the thing. It's that, like, Athens, Georgia is an amazing place. Yeah. Full of amazing, kind people. And this guy's moved into our neighborhood and he's trying to bring this old this whole other set of values and like there's a r- uprising happening uh people i mean we'll talk about it later when okay we're not. all right well good good good, good when good. only the when we're behind the vip rope yeah we can talk about it so i don't get sued <laughs> right and if you want to know right. what the rope is again bobzuskashow.com all right well now that we're talking about syria by the way mcconnell mitch mcconnell actually thinks that the House resolution mm-hmm. condemning Trump's actions in Syria, a little bit too weak for him. He's actually asking Nancy Pelosi to beef that up to condemn the Trump yeah. administration. Again, the cracks are forming. The mm-hmm. worst thing Donald Trump could ever possibly do going into an impeachment investigation in the House, eventually an impeachment trial in the Senate, is to ostracize all of his Republican allies. But Lindsey Graham, I mean, Lindsey Graham's like, I'm going to be Donald Trump's worst nightmare. But the minute he appoints, like, some judge that is like, uh, we're going to take any woman that even thinks about abortion before the age of 20 and just, like, behead them, Graham Mm -hmm. will be back on board. He'll just come right back into the fold. He's... This is a symbolic show of resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do mm-hmm. think he may be attempting to play both sides here yeah. in a way to see which way it's going to go because it doesn't look like it's going to go very well for the Trumps. Well, earlier, point. did you notice earlier today Donald Trump tweeted, well, the Democrats should love this. I thought the Democrats were really into this. I guess not. Well, yeah, here's the thing. The Democrats are really into 
pragmatic. The Democrats are really into a functioning country where people like <laughs> yeah, well, yes, navy ships sense, don't yeah. collide with each other yeah. <laughs> right. on a regular basis, and you know we can we don't abandon our nuclear arsenal in a very sensitive part of the world. Yeah. Uh, just ju- uh, there's some breaking news. Rand Paul has blocked the Senate vote on the House passed Syria resolution. Are you what? fucking kidding me? Rand Paul argues that he uh, the that. He, I assume the president, should come to the floor and say that we're ready to declare war, we are ready to authorize force, and we're going to stick our troops in the middle of this messy, messy, five-sided civil war where we would be ostensibly opposed to the Turkish government that has made an incursion. So, I mean, but he's isn't definitely... he the non-involvement guy, like the libertarian? He is. That's why he, that, no, that's why he wants the president to say, I want to declare war, and then it's up to Congress to declare war because we haven't declared war since World War II. Yeah, well, this is one of the things that they do. I mean, Trump does this too. He's deferring everything to other people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Syria, he screwed everything up by precipitously withdrawing overnight in a knee jerk move just because Erdogan asked him to do Mm -hmm. it. And so Mm -hmm. he's waiting for Congress to step in. He's waiting for someone else to step in to clean up his mess. And then he can say, look how clean it is. Look how beautiful everything turned out in Syria. And it's because of what I did. I did it all. He does this every single time. We saw it with DACA. We saw it in Mm -hmm. action with the ACA. We see it over and over again from Donald Trump. He hurls his food across the room, makes a gigantic mess, forces someone else to clean it up. And then when the room is clean, he takes credit for the clean room. Right. That is Donald Trump's. Like that guy out in Iowa. There was an ex fireman who was setting fires. He was driving from state to state and starting fires in like thrift stores and then reporting them and, you know, running to get the fire extinguisher and putting them out and being this big hero. (laughs) Right. That's what that's Trump. Noticing that's the same. Yeah. That's the way he looks at the world. If I screw everything up. And then Mm -hmm. someone comes in and cleans it up. I can say I'm the hero because we wouldn't have cleaned this up if I hadn't screwed it up. That is a remarkably twisted way of looking at things. By the way, I found this tweet here that Donald Trump tweeted out about uh, about the Democrats should be supporting his actions in Syria. He said, I am the only person who can fight for the safety of our troops and bring them home from the ridiculous and costly endless wars and be scorned. Uh, Democrats always liked that position until I took it. Democrats always liked walls until I built them. Do you see what's happening here? That was a Kellyanne Conway tweet, by the way. Yeah, no, oh, he yeah. doesn't know the word scorn. <laughs> no, no, yes, no, 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 no. Exactly. He thinks it's what that's like corn, and then there's corn with like maple syrup on it, which right. is scorn. Uh, you and know, and like. of course, <laughs> my response to that was, um, yeah, you know what? Democrats prefer deployments, withdrawals that are carefully planned in accordance with U.S. foreign policy goals. That's what we want I, we no one supports and these. international law yeah, yeah well there, there's that too uh that, there's that, that there. tiny factor you know yeah my god it's just a goddamn mess and uh and then you mix in that uh, uh pompeo and mike pence are out there right now getting manhandled <laughs> by <laughs> things are really bad <laughs> by Erdogan, yeah. we're gonna send in mike pence <laughs> And Pompeo. Justice come and you don't go home. Rocky Mountain Mike. Pompeo. Uh, yes. Pompeo, Pompeo, Pompeo. Love this so much. Justice come and you don't go home. Yep. That's right. Mike Pompeo, one of the several conspirators who's probably not going to be Secretary of State in a few months, if not uh, in jail. Uh, That's probably going to happen. But, you know, let's get into Donald Trump's meltdown. I don't want to go too far into this without talking about 
the absolute unmitigated meltdown yesterday, among many other things. Uh, Donald Trump said the word server eight times in 24 yeah. seconds. This is just this is a, this, yeah, it's kind of a little taste of the extent of Donald Trump's meltdown yesterday. How come the FBI never got the server from the DNC? Where One, is the server? I want to see the server. Three. Let's see three, what's on the server. Four. four so the server, five, they say, five. is held by a company whose primary ownership individual is from Ukraine. I'd like to see the server. Six. I think it's very important for this country to see the server. Seven. Seven. Nobody wants to see it. The media never wants Can to see it. Can we pause it for one second? The Republicans okay, want to right. see it. Yeah. So- yes. Let's pretend the server is Wendy. And she's been on a double shift. <laughs> she's just gone home and taken off her apron and put her tray down and her tip pad and everything. And she's just like. Is there like, like a table server? Exactly. Because that's all I'm thinking is that like, Wendy, you know, I want to see the server. And right. I'm like, she's off duty, sir. We can get you a manager, but Wendy's gone home for the day. Right, right. Please continue. Well, I like uh, Malcolm Nance's tweet yesterday. It sounds like he's saying surfer mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of server. <laughs> Which yeah. he he actually kind of is. Let's let's go back. President here. Mozzarella. <laughs> How come the FBI never got the server from the DNC? Where is the server? I want to see the server. I think he did it. Let's nine see times. what's on the yeah. server. So the server they say is <laughs> held by a company whose primary ownership individual is from. Ukraine. Mm. I'd it's like to see chain. the server. Uh, I think it's very important for this country to see the server. Nobody wants to see it. The media never wants to see it, <laughs> but I'll tell you, Republicans want to see it. So Republicans aren't treated well. Here's the problem. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wendy's smoking a cool on her balcony. Like, what the fuck? How did I get here? <laughs> Donald Trump has no idea. Donald Trump has no idea what the hell a server is. If the, if you walked up to him and handed him a server, he would right. go, "Why are you handing me this plastic box? I don't know what you're right. doing." The other thing is, is that the DNC provided the FBI with an image of the server. You know how you can do that? You can take a disk image, those of you who have yeah. like a Windows PC, and, and then hand it over. So you have an entire duplicate of the entire server. You don't need to physically have the box itself. And besides, none of this fucking matters one bit because this is a Kremlin conspiracy theory in which he's talking about. And the whole idea behind this server that he keeps talking about, the server, the server, the server, is because Donald Trump insists and Fox News insists, and shockingly, the Kremlin also insists that Mm -hmm. Russia had nothing to do with the attack on the election in 2016, that this was actually the Democrats attacking themselves with the assistance of CrowdStrike, whose, I guess, one of their principles is a Ukrainian, although I don't believe that either. I mean, what's the motive? The motive is for Trump and for the Kremlin to exonerate Russia. Exactly. To say that. No, I mean, but what was the Democrats' motive in hacking themselves? To frame Donald Trump in order to win the election. Oh, to make Russia look bad. Yeah, well, to also frame Donald Trump and to make it seem like Donald Trump was interfering in the election in cahoots with Russia. It all makes perfect sense to me, doesn't it, to you? I mean, doesn't that seem like just so much more obvious answer than the Russians (laughs) tried to, you know, I mean. Well, it's amazing. This is an amazing thing. He is way out on a limb with this fucked up bullshit because 
obviously the Republican uh, Senate Intelligence Committee confirms that this is Russia. Everyone says it's Russia. Donald Trump's own people are saying it's Russia. Donald Trump's appointees in the intelligence community are saying this is Russia. And I'm not talking about lower level government employees. I'm talking about political employees at the top of the food chain. Our fucking Secretary of State is out there. uh Our Department of Justice head is out on his little Disney tour. Yeah, and you know why the judge, you know why Bill Barr is out there? Because he's pursuing this conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. That that Russia didn't attack I remember my madness of King George metaphor from a few weeks ago where I'm like, (laughs) he's like, unicorns are a threat to our economy and union. We must kill the unicorns. And Bob Barr (laughs) is out there like hunting unicorns in England mm-hmm. and France and the oh nicest hotels God. and, and that the, the Côte d'Azur has to offer, you know, and yep. on our dime. Well, this is, again, the, the same party that has on numerous occasions passed legislation, tried to pass legislation, defunded ACORN, for example, based on bogus James O'Keefe videos, debunked videos that even courts of law have said were falsely edited, were misleadingly edited and constructed out of pieces rather than it being the, you know, the continuity of the conversation. James um, O'Keefe. There's another person I'd really, really like to hug. Yeah. Really, well, really hard <laughs> with my hands yeah, around and then, his neck. Donald Trump, I mean, there, there was another James O'Keefe thing uh, this past week with um, CNN, I believe. And Donald Trump was tweeting about that, calling for the head of CNN to resign. Donald Trump tweeted, uh, I don't know what it was, a couple of days ago, something along the lines of, uh, well, Jeff Zucker is getting ready to resign at any minute because of this, because of how CNN has been exposed with this James O'Keefe video. I mean, what? that's how far down the rabbit hole we are into fantasy land. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's just absolutely- James Zucker is, in, in his resignation is imminent because... Yeah. Of an imaginary <laughs> because thing. Yeah, because of what Donald uh-huh. Trump saw on Fox News Channel. That's exactly uh-huh. why. Meanwhile, Donald Trump said yesterday, this was an amazing event with the Italian president uh, because not only did it happen in the Oval Office with a pool spray, but then there was another joint appearance, a joint press conference, uh, maybe mm. 10 minutes later, in which Donald Trump repeated a lot of the same shit that he was saying during the pool spray in the Oval Office. One of the things he said was, the Kurds are worse than ISIS. And they released some ISIS prisoners to make a political statement. This is Donald Trump throwing the Kurds under the bus. It's not bad enough that he abandoned them after they helped us. I mean, they took the lead. They were responsible for killing the most ISIS people, capturing the most ISIS fighters. And Donald Trump has now abandoned them. And then on top of abandoning them, he's he is now still sp- mad about what they did to Little Miss Muffin. And now he's, smear- <laughs> he's, he's smearing them publicly. <laughs> he also said the Kurds are much safer right now, but the Kurds know how to fight. And as I said, they're not angels. They're not angels. If you take a look, you have to go back and take a look. <laughs> Again, another, another rant from a mental patient. That is just, oh, God. It's unbelievable. But that's his thing for everything. When anyone tries to say, okay, an atrocious thing has happened. And he's yeah. like, well, everybody does bad things. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> no way, Eddie Haskell. <laughs> not he's tr- not well, everybody ties tin cans to stray cats and I scares mean, them to death. You know, like, in defense ahead. of his own incompetence, what he's trying to do is strip the Kurds of any sympathy whatsoever. Until all the Red Hats, Fox News viewers, all points in between are like, why were we helping the Kurds in the first place? They're not angels. They're terrible people. They're worse than ISIS. Donald Trump did the right thing by getting out of Syria. 
They were the only people in the region who helped us in Iraq. This is all Fox News political fan fiction that's going on. And it's right a way now. to drag away from the Ukraine issue, which is really yeah. what should still be front and center. What? And that's one of the things that makes me mad because people don't care about Syria. Americans are not, are, are not going to click on serious stories. We were getting there with the Ukraine thing because it ties directly to Russia, and they actually will, were able to make the connection between, like, the empire invading the rebel stronghold of Ukraine. Well, but I don't know. I, just, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you necessarily that Americans don't care about Syria. I think Americans care a lot about uh, what ISIS is doing, for example. And, and Americans care a lot about the stability of the Middle right. East. Otherwise, we wouldn't be there. But the fact is that, uh, you know, this is... And there's a lot of sand. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, because there's a lot of sand, right? <laughs> they can play in the sand. <laughs> But I mean, again, what we see illustrated in this meltdown from yesterday is the fact that uh, Donald Trump is watching Fox News Channel whenever he gets a chance, and he believes that that is reality, even though we know that it's unmitigated fiction. And so he's applying this fictitiousness onto the real world, and those of us who are, are still existing in the real world are going, what the hell is he doing? So in Donald Trump's and mind... He is, of course, acting in accordance with his, you know, version of reality, which is fiction from Fox News Channel. And so that's why it's so b bewildering when we see all this whizzing on by. I mean, also factoring in Russian interests and so on into that uh, into that particular. And it's why all this should have been stopped months and months ago, because, I mean, the ship of state is running aground. Yeah. Things are really getting I mean, things are falling apart. Well, Mick Mulvaney just admitted, the New York Times just reported about 20 minutes ago, that Mulvaney said the U.S. did freeze aid partly to pressure Ukraine to investigate Democrats. Yep. Well, yeah. There it is. Yeah. There's your smoking gun. Right. And there, there's a whole... Jody, I'm so glad that you are not like me and you're actually watching and keeping up with the news while we're on here. I'm just <laughs> Well, like I mean, it's the here. fire hose, like Bob says. It's, you know, yeah. tennis balls, fire hose, fire hoses with tennis balls. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's Red Rover, Red Rover. It's all of those games and it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tired and I really want 25th Amendment to happen. I hate Pence, but... You know, I mean, Pelosi should be president because she's awesome and she needs to wear a cape. Um, <laughs> That's right. I personally, I, I think that Pence, uh, the, I mean, between his, the, the, the time between his swearing in and the time between him no longer being president is going to be like the average praying mantis life. Yeah. You know, when they are be like, it's like that, that, that far side where the adult praying mantis is saying to about 10,000 babies, of course you understand that 99% of you will be eaten. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you mentioned Mick Mulvaney a second ago. We got to talk about mm -hmm. uh, the G7 next year in just a few minutes here, mm -hmm. um, because that's that's why Mick Mulvaney was in the press room. Uh, exactly, and questions. he's effed it up on multiple levels. He, he just he's a bad acting whatever he. How many jobs does he have? Uh, he's the Mick of all trades, master of none. <laughs> you know what he needs to do? Here's a question. Uh, do you feel younger than you appear? Do you have those yes. under-eye bags, crow's feet, wrinkles? They often add years to our appearance. That sting when someone thinks you're 10 years older than you actually are. It's crushing to the ego and the confidence level plummets. Well, we've got a quick and easy fix for that. It doesn't require expensive, painful plastic surgery either. It is called Plexiderm. It's a topical, clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates wrinkles, crow's feet fine lines and under eye bags in just a matter of minutes it's exactly what you need to win the battle against father time and restore your confidence and if you don't believe it uh you're in good company because i didn't believe it either as if there's got to be a catch here there's got to be something weird about this 
But no, as soon as I got my canister here, I tried it. I did the test and I was amazed by the results. In just a matter of minutes, all those fine lines and wrinkles around my eyes went went bye-bye. They went bye-bye. And by the way, Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it. It can be your dirty little secret, or not so dirty little secret, I think. Uh, but of course, honesty is always the best policy, right? And the effects last for hours. You can put it under your makeup, too. Bye-bye, eye bags. Go to triplexiderm.com. Use my promo code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling one 800 685 1292 and mentioning the code sexy liberal plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee visit triplexiderm.com today use the code sexy liberal at checkout that's triplexiderm.com the bob seska show the bob seska show And nothing can compare She gets the satellites involved If she should choose to share with This is a uh, band called Listening Ritual. The song is called Cell Phone Superhero from their Band of Justice album. BobSeska.com slash music if you want to if you want to submit your songs, your music to the show and we'll play them here. And also during the Indie Music Countdown at the end of the month. And by the way, we have our own channel for the Indie Music Countdown now, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcasts. Plus, we're also presenting the Indie Music Countdown as part of the Bob Seska Show feed on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and SoundCloud and whatever else. I don't know if we're on SoundCloud anymore, but all the other podcast platforms. Uh, okay. Well, can I actually... Yeah? Can we take a survey of your readers or listeners? <laughs> sure. Why you not? Know, I told you that the reason the Compromat album has not come out is because okay. we found out there's a French band who's also using the name Compromat. Oh, right. Yeah. Very different type of music, totally mm. different region of the world. We could change our name. Yeah. We could plow ahead with Compromat. And if we distribute in Germany and France and the places they're distributing, we would just be Compromat US. Yeah, I think you should do so, that. So, listeners... Well, what do you, let's, this is, I, you can ask the, it was a, the, sorry, the I'm point jumping of a in. survey, Bob. Um, what do you think, Jody? <laughs> uh, I, take a survey. Let's do it. Let's, you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, do you think that we should plow ahead with the name Compromat? Should we, that's A. B, should we come up with another name? C, do you have a better name for us? I, I you know what? I, I think maybe another name is in order. That's a, I'm going to weigh in. It could be. Yeah. It could be. I've also thought about, did you know, uh, one of my favorite 90s bands is Concrete Blonde. Yeah, that's a good name. And they were called... Should you call yourself Syndicate. Concrete Blonde? Well, they were called Dream Syndicate, and there was Just already a Dream Syndicate. call yourself Concrete Blonde. What? And so they asked Michael Stipe, who was on their label, R-I-R-S, IRS, what should we call ourselves? And uh-huh. he listened to it, and he said, Concrete Blonde. And it's the fucking perfect name for them. It's a great so name. So I'm, my brother's friends with him. He'll ask. Maybe Michael, Michael Stipe will name our band. I think you should name your band Fraud Guarantee. How about that? I don't even know what that means. Mafia Rave? Uh, <laughs> mafia, mafia Rave. That's mafia it. Rave. Mafia Rave. You got to do that. Jody came I running in. From, lots of sand. Jody, Jody came, came running, running in from another room. Running in from another room. I was the, like, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> mafia Rave. It's my favorite place to go. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Lev Parnas and uh, 
Igor Fruman. That's their companies. They have, what is it? Fruman, Fruman has uh, Mafia Rave and Parnas has uh, yes, fraud, uh, guarantee. fraud guarantee. Which <laughs> is supposed versa. to guarantee that you don't get defrauded. So that's why it's funny that it's called fraud guarantee. Yeah. There you I go. I guarantee that you will be defrauded. It's I'm the sorry. dumbest name. I just lost sight in my right eye. Give me a minute. I think I smell toast. Um, yeah, burning. I'm, I'm I, having a stroke. Honest to God, I, I think it's a it's a horrible idea to take a name from someone who's linked to the Russian mafia. <laughs> Probably stealing a name from a you know a gangster linked to this crime syndicate. Probably not a great idea. So I would not go with either fraud guarantee or uh, whatever the other one is, mafia rave. Although mafia rave would be a great name for a band, I think. It's it just the mental like, image like, of all these guys that look like Polly Walnuts, you know, <laughs> out of their minds on ecstasy, dancing to Fat Boy Slim. Oh man, is- these these guys are absolutely Batman villains. Hey, I, just the whole cadre, the rogues gallery of freaks and weirdos surrounding Donald I'm Trump. I'm thinking right now. more Dick Tracy. I mean, they really do some of them look like <laughs> terrible thumb. Yeah, that's true. People like yeah. Yeah. Well, there is some overlap between, yeah, between uh, Dick Tracy villains and Batman villains. They're very, really very true. similar in those respects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But speaking of a rogues gallery, we got to talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi versus Donald Trump in the Roosevelt Room yesterday, uh, which has produced one of the great photos of this entire era, which is Nancy Pelosi standing up and shouting down Donald Trump, who looks like he's wetting himself on the other side of the fucking table. He is really scared of strong women. Yeah. Well, this is another case where Nancy Pelosi stepped out of the White House after this horrible meeting. I want to get into the details of the meeting here in just a second. But she she stepped outside the White House and said that Donald Trump is having a meltdown inside. And then, of course, Donald Trump's response was, I know you are the white of mine. I know you are the white of mine. I know you are the white of mine. So mature. Please make that stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, so here's what happened in the uh, Roosevelt room yesterday. They were there to talk about, uh, I believe it was uh, Syria policy and uh, what was happening with Turkey. And Trump kicked off the meeting by bragging about his nasty letter. We heard that at the top of the show today, read by (laughs) Tony Atamanik as Trump to the Turkish president, Erdogan, according to a Democrat familiar it's with the It's nasty letter that says, let's be great friends and braid each, and braid each other's hair and have a sleepover. Uh-huh. <laughs> call you later. Yeah, call Thanks. you later. Let's make a great deal, exclamation point. Well, he's trying to be a tough guy, right? And then he ends right. with, I'll call you later, and then a uh, zucchini emoji. I was That was weird part about the letter, I thought. <laughs> In the letter, uh, Trump warned the Turkish leader with exclamation points not to be slaughtering the Kurds. The person called Trump's opening a lengthy bomb monologue. You'd think, though, if the Kurds were worse than ISIS, he would want Turkey to slaughter the Kurds. But, of course, Donald Trump completely disagrees with Donald Trump from 10 minutes earlier. Uh, meanwhile, Pelosi mentioned the House vote, and uh, Chuck Schumer started to read the president a quote from former Defense Secretary James Mattis on the need to keep U.S. troops in Syria to prevent a resurgence of Islamic State fighters, ISIS. But Trump cut Schumer off, complaining that Mattis was, quote, the world's most overrated general. You know why? He wasn't tough enough. Mad Dog Mattis, not tough enough for Donald Trump. Trump went on. call him Mad Dog. Trump went on, I captured ISIS, he said. So he he personally Uh captured ISIS. Yes. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. He used uh, gators and snakes. 
Nancy Pelosi explained to Trump that Russia was always uh, has always wanted a foothold in the Middle East, and now it has one with the U.S. withdrawal, according to a uh, Democratic aide who was also granted anonymity. All roads lead you to Putin, <laughs> the yep. speaker said. Then it began. Trump said to Pelosi, I hate ISIS more than you do. That is the one of the most childish things he has ever said. Yeah. That's like saying, it's I, true. I love mommy more than you do. Nah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Nancy Pelosi's trying to comport herself as an adult while Donald Trump is sitting there in his full diaper. But I mean, Donald Trump acting like this is the guy with the nuclear codes in his pocket. And he's saying, I hate ISIS more than you do. Nah, 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 nah. Ah, shit. Schumer intervened at one point and said, is your plan to rely on the Syrians and the Turks? Reasonable question, right? And then Trump says, our plan is to keep the American people safe. And then Pelosi said, that's not a plan. That's a goal. And of course, that is a goal. She's exactly right about that. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He doesn't know the difference. Trump turned to Pelosi. It's underwear gnome territory. Yeah. Well, Trump step four, not step three. Trump Trump turned to Pelosi and complained about former President Barack Obama's red line over Syria. According to Schumer, he then called her, quote, a third rate politician. But I think now was it third grade? Third grade. Third grade. Third grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said third grade. I don't know why the AP says uh, a third rate, but it, it goes on later and says that Nancy Pelosi corrected him and said that uh, that he had said third grade. And she said, I think he meant third rate. At that point, the genteel Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, interjected, that is not useful. And then Pelosi and Hoyer stood up and left the meeting. As they did, Trump said, goodbye, we'll see you at the polls. There was something about communism in there, too. Like, um, someone mentioned communism, and then Trump turned to the Democrats and said, you guys are into communism, aren't you? I was just like, good God. It's like like a first grader's understanding of what the United States is and how we comport ourselves on the international stage. And we're all going to be around much longer than he is president, Uh dealing with all of the horrendous blowback from this ridiculous, awful, awful maneuver that he's made over there. This bloody maneuver Uh, from the White House driveway. Pelosi told reporters Trump was having some kind of meltdown inside. She said they had had to leave because Trump was unable to grasp the reality of the situation. It's a terrifying thing. Again, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. whatever you might think about Nancy Pelosi, she is the Speaker of the House. She is ostensibly the third most powerful person in the American government behind the and president that and the vice president. When she says he is un- incapable of grasping the realities yeah. of the situation, that's the kind of shade that, like, I mean, causes eclipses. Yeah. Like, yes. When she says he's too stupid to get what we're trying to tell him. Yeah. I know. It's kind of over for him. Right. This is uh, gaslighting on a thousand right now. In fact, with Donald Trump Jr. was, and I would say there are many, many on the Trump side who are gaslighting on the nepotism thing. Whether it's Ronna McDaniel, it's Eric Trump, it's Donald Trump Jr., it's uh, Rand Paul is another one uh, criticizing the Bidens, for example. This was Donald Trump Jr., Totally tone deaf on the Hannity show. I think it was, uh, he was either last night or the night before. When you're the father and your son's entire career is dependent on that, they own you, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Junior. (laughs) 
wow. Yeah. The self-awareness of a bowl of coleslaw. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I think that's what's left of Donald Trump's brain. I think there's nothing but coleslaw in there. Him and his son. No, in Donald, in Donald Trump Sr., his brain is full of that black fluid that the produce becomes when you forget about it for three months. That's about it. That's about right. The kids got bean sprouts, you know, in bags in there that are still, mm, but they're not. Yes. Great. You got to be best, Donnie. Marion Ann Arbor. Denied you fun, I knew I hated you so. And I had missed my chance then to up and let you go. <laughs> but now I am first lady. Rocky Mountain Mike, Mary in Ann Arbor. Fantastic. Oh, man. Really, really great. I really need to reach out to him. I'd like to do like a Duran Duran thing. Yeah. I can do a really, or is this Smith? I do a really good Morrissey. Yeah, you know, Rocky Mountain Mike, really into the requests. So please yeah. go, go ahead. Get, make sure you offer up some ideas to Rocky Mountain I'll Mike. I'll email him today. Okay, good, good. Make sure you have a long list of ideas, too. So he, he has yes, some yes, things to work with. Those. Yes, he really does. He's he always so really much. yes, especially if yes. you do it on Twitter. That's the best yes. place. Yes. Right. Am I sensing sarcasm? <laughs> Teeny tiny bit, little bit. Little bit. He seems little to be bit. cresting my hip boots here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, Trump says we've been allies with Italy for thousands of years. Yes. Which is so strange. Is there something on the other side of the room, Jody? Right. <laughs> it's like, is there? The cat. It's the oh, cat. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, Sorry. I wasn't sure if there was some sort of emergency that we needed to be aware of. Not yet. Of. Okay. There well, might good. be a cat emergency later. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good. During a uh, joint press conference yesterday with the president of Italy, uh, D- Donald Trump said that the U.S. and Italy, quote, are bound together by a shared cultural and political heritage Dating back thousands of years to ancient Rome. So was it the Cherokee, the Choctaw, the, the I mean, Choctaw, which yeah. Native Americans were there? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Uh, it's Mad Libs. Yeah. 
It is. It's you know, it really with is President like it's Mozzarella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> President Mozzarella. Yeah, I was waiting for that. It's like a combination of a Vegas slot machine and Mad Libs. <laughs> That's you right. Know? And well, it's the it's same Mad like, Libs that exactly. came up with the uh, you know the airports of eighteen twelve. <laughs> same kind of shit. <laughs> yes. And on a more serious note, what the actual fuck with the family of Harry Dunn in the oh White House God. yesterday? Oh Who? I don't know anything about this. You got a guy. That okay, so you know oh, there was a uh, there an American woman was in England and driving on the wrong side of the road, and she struck and killed this nineteen year old guy, uh, Harry Dunn, uh, back mm-hmm. in August because she was confused by what side of the road to drive on. And then so for some reason, Donald Trump invited not only the parents of this British teenager Harry Dunn to the White House, but then he also invited. The woman who hit this kid, mm-hmm. Anne Sekoulis. Was she drunk or sober? Uh, she was just driving on the wrong side of the road at the time. So yeah. it's just the, the opposite lanes thing. He invited not only the parents of Harry Dunn, you know, the kid who's dead, but right. he also invited Anne Sekoulis, the driver mm-hmm. who killed Harry Dunn, to the White House at the same time. And then uh, wanted to drag Harry Dunn's parents in to meet Sekoulis in a different room to have a quote-unquote hug-and-make-up moment. Yeah. That's according to Trump. Now, okay, everyone's been complaining that he doesn't do the pastoral role of president well, and this is his way of trying. Do you remember when Saddam Hussein was trying to show what a nice guy he is when he had all those hostages and he was stroking that poor child's head like he'd never touched another human being before? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to do here. He's trying to have a warm and fuzzy moment because everyone says he's failing at the spiritual and pastoral angle of presidency. Well, it's you know, it's just failed it again because he's got no emotions or empathy and doesn't understand that maybe these people don't actually want to meet the person who came out of a random universe like a comet and destroyed their son and took him away forever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is Donald Trump, sociopath Donald Trump, pretending to do something that he thinks other presidents do. But other presidents would never do this. I don't care if it's George W. Bush or Richard Nixon or any other sinister character on the American political stage. This is remarkably tone deaf. And of course, the, the, the parents of the kid, Charlotte and uh, Tim Dunn, are outraged because they were kind of ambushed with they the were. person who murdered their child. At the White House, for God's sake. So you're at the White House, you're with the president, and the president wants you to go in and meet the person who killed your child. What the fuck are you going to do? And there's photographers yeah. everywhere. Right. Press, photographers, right. other staffers. I mean, one thing British people cannot stand is showing feelings. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, but again, I mean, just uh, some level of mental illness. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I joke about brain worms, but there's something that is. It, I, it may be symptomatic of the fact that he's so embattled right now, and that there's an impeachment uh, process going on, and he's kind of screwed. And it's a great idea for a nine-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, stop giving him credit for thinking um, of. Anything above nine years old, and you will understand everything. Yeah, because yeah. he was just like, "Oh, people are saying I'm not nice." 
oh, this will be nice. Yeah. I'll introduce these people who, you know, and in a Disney movie with executive producers behind the scenes and extensive stage managing, and that, that might work. But when you're flying by the seat of your baggy-ass Fruit of the Looms, yeah. It's not gonna, yeah it's, well, it's, 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 it's a combination that. of a couple of different things. It's, it's a combination of just rank incompetence. And it's also a combination of the fact that Donald Trump really has no barometer in terms of how normal people behave. He's got this view of politics that he's gleaned from Fox News Channel. And then he's got this attitude towards regular people. He can't even relate to what regular people are. He has no sense whatsoever. As much as he talks about how uh, he's the president for the forgotten men and women of America and that he's bringing jobs back and everything like that, he doesn't understand jack shit about what normal people go through on a regular basis, including normal people who lose their children and probably don't want to meet up with the person who killed their child. Right. Whether it was accidental or not, it doesn't matter. It's too, I mean, it was August 27, for God's sake. Oh, my happened. God. I yeah. didn't know it was that recent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is what he's decided to do because why? Because he wants a photo op. Turn it into another goddamn disaster because Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Okay, so we're going to take one last break, and then we got to talk about the G7 next year, um, uh, maybe a little bit on Elijah Cummings. Back after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Trossman. I've been meaning to get this song into the rotation for months now. Apologies to Renee. I love this song called Another Shooter. Uh, quite timely given the uh, gun massacres we've uh, experienced, endured this past year. Yeah, link in the description. Thank you to Renee. This is a great song. Um, okay, so moving along he sounds here. like a black Randy Newman. Yeah, he's great. You know, and yeah. I mean that in the best, best, best possible way. I need to check that record out. Yeah, he's got an album um, out, and he's got the single, which is the uh, another shooter single, too. You can buy either of those on uh, whatever they're calling iTunes now. 
I don't even know anymore what Apple has changed that into. Is it Apple Music? I guess it's Apple Music. Um, okay, I've got some links in the description so you can support and buy all of the uh, amazing music that we play here on the show. Thank you to all of our indie recording artists for providing such amazing content for this show. Uh, okay, so moving along here, uh, again, safe home to uh, the great Elijah Cummings. Uh, giant of the House of Representatives, giant of the Congress. Uh, the Capitol Hill is now a smaller place uh, without his wisdom and fortitude. I mean, one of the real fighters on the Democratic side. Obviously, he was Absolutely. Uh, deeply yeah. ensconced in the uh, the impeachment proceedings and uh, was a uh, on several occasions a victim of Donald Trump's uh, sociopathic rage, uh, mm-hmm. including Donald Trump trying to characterize the entire Maryland 7th as being some kind of uh, urban hellhole. I've been to the Maryland 7th. I've driven through the Maryland 7th, and Donald Trump's interpretation of the Maryland 7th has nothing to do with reality. I mean, there are beautiful... <gasps> You're kidding. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Donald Trump is a liar. I mean, I'm breaking some news here, I know. Uh, I, I gotta sit down. Oh, I'm already sitting down. Um, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are farm fields and suburban areas. I mean, it's, a, it's a really diverse and interesting district and a beautiful part of Maryland. Yeah, if you're going to have a, a district that includes part of a city, there are going to be some city things in that district. Doy. But then Donald Trump takes that and makes it out as if it's the entire district because he is a racist. Well, so clear of all bitterness and racism. Let's clear, just like I'll take a deep breath and pl- expunge all the Trump energy from the room for a second. Yeah. And say, thank you, Representative Cummings, mm-hmm. for your dedicated exactly. and honorable service Saluting to our country. Him. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he was young too. He was only sixty-eight. That was young. And and they're not quite sure of the the cause of death right now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Watch it be a widowmaker. Yeah, it was. What are they calling it? Uh, complications concerning longstanding health challenges. Mm-hmm. That was the explanation out of Johns Hopkins. Mm. You may um, have had sickle cell. Sickle. So, Sickle cell. Right. Yeah, possibly. Okay, so meanwhile, Mick Mulvaney announced next year's G7 is going to be a Trump Doral. So I hope all the world leaders are ready for the bed bugs and mm-hmm. the stifling heat. I mean, among mm-hmm. the many problems with this, including self-dealing, which is Donald Trump awarding a contract to himself. I mean, Dick Cheney's going, fuck, why didn't I think of that? There's <laughs> I mean, no way this could possibly go through. It is. It's happening. It- it's I mean, ab- but the, there's no way the leaders will come. I, I see. And he won't be think- president anymore. By oh, that, I don't think he'll be president that's anymore. True. But- that's true. In August, I don't know. But that's the other thing. I mean, apart from the emoluments violations, uh, mm. the fact that this is unconstitutional and that it is self-dealing, uh, the mm. fact is that he's inviting, it's almost like a prank, that he's inviting all of these world leaders to South Florida in August. Right. And it's almost like he wants them all to be attacked by mosquitoes the size of vultures. <laughs> I mean, this is a... He wants them all exhausted and off balance from the heat. Yeah. Because people who are not used to it, it really does interfere with your ability to think. So and it's amazing but... to watch Fox News Channel today. And they're going, it's close to the airport and there's plenty of parking? Like, oh my God, oh are my you God. serious? This is where... This is how we've devolved in this country, where Fox News is making an excuse for an obviously unconstitutional, improper decision here, uh, including the fact that he's asking world leaders to turn up in South Florida in fucking August. They're saying, oh, it's lots of parking. Yeah, because, you know, Emmanuel Macron's so concerned about getting a good parking spot. 
Well, he is going to drive from France. <laughs> right. He's going to drive from Renault. France. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's going to leave now. Uh, I'd like to have a sidebar about Mulvaney. Yeah, President, Mozzare- President Mozzarella. He's going Ma- to... Mulvaney, yeah. like, uh, there's a French expression that you say, like, when someone's bugging you in a bar, écrase-toi, which means go crush yourself like a bug. <laughs> and I like and, that. Like, Every time I look at Mulvaney, I think Ekaz. Yeah, you know, just like he would just crush and squish. Well, yeah, you know, just... of course they've always got a step in more shit than what's right in front of them. It's like there's a big shit pile, and they always step right in that shit pile. But then there's a shit mm-hmm. pile that's like ten feet away, way out of their path, and they've got to run over and jump into that one too, because well, um, there might be a pony under there. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> right. Uh, but Mulvaney conceded that Trump's desire to investigate the quote-unquote DNC server was part of the reason Ukraine aid was being held up. A reporter asked, so it was oh. a, yeah, a reporter asked him, so it was a quid pro quo. And then Mulvaney yes, goes, Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it totally was. That's what he said. He said, We do that all the time. <laughs> Get over it. Politics is going I to be involved. Stupid. In foreign policy decisions do have consequences. That is an amazing thing. He just confessed again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't even need impeachment trials. I mean, they're just no. Like, I mean, it's done. That button that John Oliver has, the "We Got Him" button, it's got to be smashed by now because of all the times he's been pressing it in the past twenty-four hours alone. Jesus. So that's. I uh, just wish we could fast forward to the moment when they are actually dragging him out of the Oval Office, <laughs> and his fingernails are leaving grooves yeah. in the woodwork. Well, that's gonna. I mean, something like that's gonna happen. Um, one way or another, Donald Trump has got to resign and get pardoned by Mike Pence. That is the only way out for him, and I don't think that mm-hmm. he knows that yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's too eager to throw Pence in the way of the Ukraine thing, yeah. not understanding that that's one of his last human shields. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And of course, Mm -hmm. that's all he's got. He doesn't have allies or colleagues or staff or anything like that. He has got human shields (laughs) and scapegoats. That's right. Even Ivanka and and Jared have just been like, okay, you know, peace out. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, I mean, have you heard anything about them lately? Where are they? I don't know. They're hiding. Yeah, they're they're hiding out until the Hunter Biden nepotism thing goes away so they can finally Mm -hmm. show their faces again. Uh, Let's dig into this. Long last, here we are. If you have any doubt, it's gonna take him out, Ukraine. (laughs) Don't forget this fact, he's just a lying sack, Ukraine. All right, we got a lot of news. We're way late on the show, but we got a lot of news on uh, Ukraine. And it's it's all super important, right? Ukraine. So uh, let's even start here. John Bolton's first underling has turned around and been like, "Okay, that <laughs> motherfucker is crazy. Yeah, and I don't want anything more to do with this." Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, what kind of uh, what uh, iteration of Earth, what dimension are we in now that John Bolton is suddenly a uh, a hero in all this? I wouldn't I even go that far. Well, no, I mean, I'm not when saying when does he seem like the adult? Yeah, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not saying I agree with John Bolton. I'm just saying that 
he's doing the right thing in all of this, uh-huh. at least. By this is just an example of when the water starts to get above your knees, follow the rats, and, sh- and he's a rat. <laughs> right. Mick right. Mulvaney put Gordon Sondland, Kurt Volker, and Rick Perry in charge of managing the U.S.-Ukraine relationship instead of diplomats <laughs> at the National Security Council, the State Department. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. State Department's Ukraine expert George Kent testified during a closed-door hearing before the House Intelligence Foreign Affairs and Oversight Committees. By the way, I'm uh, just going to jump in on this. Um, I love the fact that there are so many characters in this now. I love the fact mm-hmm. that so many officials are, are going up to the Hill and testifying, de- depose, having themselves deposed in this investigation because it's so many people. This is, you know what? Back in the day, like uh, two years ago, it was shortly after the elections, a couple of years ago, and uh, we were all talking about the fire hose of news. And I was saying, you know what we got to do? We got to take that tennis ball machine and seize it and turn it around and aim it right back at Donald Trump so that he yes. can't keep up mm-hmm. with the shit. Make him have to deflect mm-hmm. all of the tennis balls of madness. And, and he's so athletic. <laughs> exactly right. And I'm just thinking of him with that uh, that tennis the tennis outfit on, on the tennis court with his giant drivers. ass and his mozzarella legs. I mean, it's just. I just was fucking. I mean, calling in Rick Perry for crisis management. To me, it's like saying to a rock star, like, your career is in trouble. We're calling in Matthew Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I mean, again, there are. Wait to see. We're going to find another Jody and Matthew Sweet went to high school together. And they're like, no, I don't know Matthew Sweet. I mean, ultimately, my my point was that Donald Trump doesn't have the attention span to be able to smear every single person who's turning up for testimony in the Intelligence Committee and the the various committees uh, that are investigating him on these impeachment. Uh, uh, potential impeachment articles and and that's the great thing about this that there are so many people coming forward they don't have time I think just now I think I want to say some of the red hats on the internet like the Breitbart guys are just now catching up to Marie Ivanovich and that's that's where they are so they're like a week behind what's happening wow and so I, I guess that's uh, that's something positive. But I mean, and she is ready for them. Yeah, um, Maria Ivanovich is not taking any of your nonsense today, and neither is Fiona Hall. Yeah. Well, we talked about this on uh, Tuesday's show that uh, there's a, a poetic justice about the fact that a lot of these people coming forward are women standing up yep. to Donald Trump, defying Donald Trump, where he's yep. trying to uh, assert executive privilege over everything that happens in the executive branch, which is horseshit. And in fact, it was Fiona- and that makes him extra hysterical because it's mommy. Yeah, and it was Fiona Hill's lawyer who set a great precedent by saying, hey, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Fuck him. Right. Mm-hmm. He just said, you know, look, you can't assert executive privilege under criminal proceedings. It just doesn't go. That's not the way the law works. Sorry. Sorry, Biff. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Gordon Sondland met privately with Ukrainian officials inside the White House where he explicitly mentioned the Ukrainian gas company Burisma uh, that's linked to Hunter Biden during negotiations over granting Ukrainian President Zelensky an audience with Donald Trump. So it gets thicker and mm-hmm. thicker and thicker. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were saying, T-Rex, about Rick Perry, uh, Perry said he spoke with Giuliani at Trump's direction earlier this year about alleged Ukrainian corruption. I mean, they are ass deep in this. And, you know, mm-hmm. I talked about this with Bradley Moss yesterday. <laughs> On the uh, interview show, I, I don't think Bradley necessarily agreed with me, but I brought up the concept that this whole Ukraine quid pro quo gives us an idea of what Trump might have done with Russia in 2015, 2016. That maybe mm-hmm. there was some sort of quid pro quo deal where it wasn't necessarily like a, a short and brief oh, conversation. Yeah, Trump, Trump Tower Moscow. 
Well, Hello? yeah. Well, sure. Yes. Yeah. And so the idea is uh, we're going to do something for you. And then the second half of the deal is negotiated in a separate call. It's like when Mike Pence calls up and says, okay, now let's get down to brass tacks here. We're talking about investigating this DNC server and also the Burisma thing and Hunter Biden. That's what, that's what and Donald Trump what are Trump you wants. wearing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd have been funny. I have this personal, like in my imagination, he is completely like so driven by his like sub, sub, conscious homosexual desires that he keeps touching people inappropriately and rubbing up against them and he's constantly like you know oh sweet jesus i'm so sorry you know like well i I will say this too we had uh last week we talked to uh uh, the author of piety and power uh tom lobianco and i asked him point blank i mean is it everyone everyone wants to know if if Mike Pence is gay and do you think do you have any evidence whatsoever you've been following Mike Pence for years what do you think and he's well I don't think there's any truth to that I don't think he's he said I don't think he's gay so um there may be another layer to this that Tom is just not aware of uh right. but and there least- are some people who are so closeted that they're like in a shoebox under a floorboard <laughs> in the back of the closet <laughs> that's right and like they don't even let themselves think about it um, you know, there are other uh, Ukraine things that I want to get to, but maybe we'll shove those over to the postmortem show, uh, which is now going to be three hours long at this point. <laughs> because the reason being is I want to get on the free portion of the show here. I want to get to this new Vanity Fair piece by William Cohen uh, because it dovetails nicely with shit that I've been writing about for I don't know, six or 10 months now, which is the concept that Donald Trump is manipulating the stock market using his I trade agree. war. Yeah. And then shorting the market just mm-hmm. at the right time. Now, mm-hmm. bear with me on this because there is some stock market speak here. There's some uh, terminology, some lingo here that may get confusing. So I'll try to go. Yeah, actually, just text me when I need to be. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's always entertaining on a podcast is me sitting here and texting you the information. Uh, <laughs> And they raise a a couple of different scenarios here. And I was so glad that he finally began to correlate actual trades that happened with um, pronouncements by the president, whether on Twitter or during a rally or chopper talk or whatever. So uh, in the last 10 minutes, let's start here. In the last 10 minutes of trading at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the CME, on Friday, September 13th, someone got very lucky. That's when he or she or a group of people shorted 120,000 S&P E-minis. These are electronically traded futures contracts linked to the Standard & Poor's 500 stock index. That's typically referred to as the S&P 500. Uh, Mm -hmm. When the index was trading at around 3,010. The time was 3.50 p.m. in New York. It was nearing midnight in Tehran. A few hours later, drones attacked a large swath of Saudi Arabia's oil infrastructure, choking off production in the country and sending oil prices soaring. By the time CME next opened, that's the the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, uh, for pre-trading on Sunday night, the S&P had fallen 30 points, giving that very fortunate trader or traders a quick $180 million in profit. Mm-hmm. So someone sold short again, selling short on the stock market is placing a bet that the price of that stock or group of stocks will go down. So you're betting on right. the failure of mm-hmm. the markets. And so right. this particular thing is linked closely to the success or failure of the entire S&P. So it's a it's a group of stocks that are linked to the success or failure of the overall 
S&P 500. And so that was short sold uh, 120,000 different futures contracts. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Right before, just before the S&P took a shit. So whoever did that. If these people were hoarding cats like they're hoarding money from the rest of the public. Yeah. We would like arrest them. We would investigate them. Their houses would be cleared out. But instead, Mm -hmm. they're just like sucking up the entire economy and leaving us to fight over the crumbs. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's not Mm -hmm. the only time this happened. There's there's several more examples here. Uh, Three days earlier, right before that, in the last 10 minutes of trading, someone bought 82,000 S&P E-minis again when the index was trading at 2969. That was nearly 4 a.m. on September 11th in Beijing, where a few hours later, the Chinese government announced that it would lift tariffs on a range of American-made products. This has been the typical reaction in the U.S. stock markets as the trade war with China chugs on without any perceptible logic. When the news about a potential resolution of it seems positive, stock markets go up. And when the news about the trade war appearing negative, they go down. I have been noticing this since early 2018 when the trade war began. Donald Trump declared his trade war. Now, this is me. I'm not reading the article. This is me talking. Mm -hmm. In early 2018, Donald Trump announced the beginning of his trade war, that he was going to start imposing tariffs on allies and enemies alike. And uh, and ju- and prior to that, the stock markets and all of S and P, Nasdaq, Dow, they had all been climbing steadily, like a almost a smooth upward slope. Suddenly, Donald Trump declares his trade war, and the volatility begins. And so, every time the markets took a shit. Having been someone who was steamrolled by the Great Recession, I watch this stuff quite closely. I've done some trading myself in the past pre-recession. And so I know a thing or two about how the stock market works. And so, you know, and I'm interested in it as well. So as soon as I would see the stock market take a shit, I would go and I would look up to see what the traders were saying in terms of justifying why uh, there was a bad day on uh, Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And so usually... When we would have those, remember, oh, we've had a whole series of them, gigantic, like seven, 800 point drops yeah. in single days of trading. Right. And I'd look up the reason for that. Invariably, it was something Trump did or said about China, trade war, some sort of, uh, you know, there was also the example of uh, Saudi Arabia in there, too. It, it is uncanny every time that would happen. So I started thinking. If I'm Donald Trump and I haven't divested from any of my businesses and I've got all these uh, people who are uh, knee deep in the stock market and so on, neck deep in the stock market in many cases, uh, plus Donald Trump has a history of manipulating the stock market. He and Fred Trump for many, many years did something called green mailing. So it made perfect sense to me, knowing Donald Trump's lack of character, knowing the fact that he hasn't divested, uh, he is absolutely manipulating the stock market. He may even be fully engaged in this trade war for the sole purpose of manipulating the stock market. I think you're right. And so I've been writing about this like a crazy person. Everyone's going, I don't know, mm-hmm. Bob. And I like, just look at the trends. Look at how all this is working out. And thank God, finally, William Cohen from Vanity Fair is really looking into this. One last story here from this article. Because I, I think this is so crucial. Another impeachment article, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, these, all these wins that I've been talking about, peanuts compared to the money made by a trader or group of traders who bought 420000 September E-minis in the last 30 minutes of trading on June 28. That was some 40% of the day's trading volumes in September E-minis. So that's a gigantic order. Yeah. 
making it a trade that could not easily be ignored. By then, President Trump was already in Osaka, Japan, 14 hours ahead of Chicago, on his way to a roughly hour-long meeting with President Xi as part of the G20. On Saturday in Osaka, after the market had closed in Chicago, Trump emerged from his meeting with Xi and announced that the intermittent trade talks were back on track. The following week was a good one in the stock market thanks to the Trump announcement. On Thursday, June 27, the S&P 500 uh, stood at about 29.15. A week or so later, it was just below 3,000, a gain of 84 points or $4,200 per E-mini contract. Whoever bought the 420,000 E-minis on June 28th had made a handsome profit of nearly $1.8 billion. And it all moved on Donald Trump's announcement. You mean to tell me that Donald Trump isn't in on that? I mean, he may not have been the guy who purchased 420,000 E-minis back in June. But he may also have been that guy. He may or he may have done his own trading based on this. There's all that shadowy stuff that was named in the um, initial dossier about shadow companies buying shares of this and that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he could be buying it through his, you know, whatever he bought or whatever he is as a 15 percent holder of Gazprom. Yep. 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 Who gets it? I mean, the problem with this is it's kind of complicated. (laughs) It's complicated to understand this, but all you got to know is that Donald Trump is, uh, among other things, placing bets on the failure of the stock market and then taking actions, making announcements that deliberately tank the stock market. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it makes perfect sense to me that he's yeah. manipulating the market to profit himself. Because that, that's what Donald Trump does. Okay, we've got a, uh, I don't know how long the post-mortem show is going to be. It's probably short, but it's going to probably end up long, too. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. Bob says, he's, as a friend of mine once said, he's grower, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, bobseskashow.com. If you want to subscribe to the postmortem show, after this music gets done playing, we keep on talking. That's the postmortem show. We go for maybe 20 minutes uh, around there. Um, also, make sure to uh, subscribe to the T Rex Report podcast. It's patreon.com slash T Rex Report. Link in the description. Also, Jody Hamilton's podcast is called From the Bunker, and that's at from-the-bunker.com. It's also at sexyliberal.com, one of the many fine podcasts on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com. Again, that's uh, J- uh, Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour, Randy Rhodes After Hours, Dino Badalas, I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend, Sandy with John Fugel saying, Final Word of Frangela, The Great Rude Pundit. I think Jackie Schechner and Hal Sparks are starting their own yes. show. Yes. Wonky Donk. Yeah, it's called Wonky Donk. It's called Wonky Donk. So am wonky I, donk. Am I going to have to say Wonky Donk now? Yep. Okie dokie, Wonky Donk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine and dandy. All right. And uh, get well soon to Marsha Elston, Buzz Burbank's uh, wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was ter- that was terrifying when I heard about it. It's, I mean, she's yeah. okay, right? Yeah, she's fine. She's doing well. In fact, she might be going home today. She's doing great. So we're all relieved okay. and so thrilled. And I can't we wait. We love till- you, Buzz. Yes, we love you, Buzz. I can't wait till you guys yeah. are home, home safe and sound and enjoying life again. Okay, that's the show. Uh, after party tomorrow and post-mortem show coming up next. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>